Hello and welcome to Trashy Trashy, where we take a dumpster dive on this week's Garbage People and a look at all the trashiest news stories. My name is Erica and I am your host. My name is Cassandra and I'm your other host. What up, girl? How are you? You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm feeling beautiful. I mean, you look beautiful. You're stunning. Thank you. And you're not even looking at me right now. You just know that. I, I just, the things I know, dinosaurs are real. And Cassandra is looking beautiful. Oh, that's really, really nice, actually. I uh, I got my hair done this week at Krista Camille Hair, everyone. If you live in Northern California now, she moved up to Northern California, but she comes down to LA every once in a while. And uh, she gave me like a really fucking nice balayage. And I just feel like better than everyone else now. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, yeah. How are you feeling? Here's the thing. I know that vanity is one of the seven deadly sins, mm-hmm. but bitch, I look great. Oh my because God. I also went to at Krista Chameleon Hair. Chameleon. Chameleon. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, well, it's a good thing that this is legitimately not a paid ad. <laughs> not a paid ad. <laughs> Just really starting the podcast. Why did I like, say that? I love it. <laughs> I. <laughs> I, she doesn't listen, so she'll never know that you she'll called never it know. Krista Chameleon uh, here. Don't. Oh, my God. How did I fuck? I even heard you say it first. <laughs> we went on the same day, not at the same time, obviously. I know. What's fucked up is that she said she was like, oh, Erica's coming in at 630. And, but I was done at 6. And I was going to wait for you. But I was like, 30 minutes while she's working on some other person feels like a long time yeah so i was like i'm just gonna let erica have her krista time alone yeah have her chameleon time alone but anyways carry on jesus that's our time (laughs) uh so i asked for a particular haircut based Mm -hmm. off of a housewife of course which one meredith marks my my queen yes i'm disengaging i'm disengaging and she had to like I feel like we're still in the getting to know you phase. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know me as well enough to say, bitch, you have to wash your hair with this haircut. <laughs> because I had not washed my hair in a week when I went to her. Oh, Erica. And she was like, you know, this is a lot more maintenance. <laughs> and it's it's a blunt cut. And you have to take care of, you know, she was being professional while still trying to be like, you're disgusting. <laughs> That's crazy. She's one of my best friends in the world, and so are you. You'd think that, like, you guys would have a a big enough Venn diagram together that she could just tell you straight up, wash your fucking hair. But that makes sense. She's a professional. <laughs> She's a pro. She's a total pro. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. But it does look good. Oh, she gave me Instagram hair. Yeah, I saw a picture of you the day that uh, Drac and the Swamp Rats was playing, and you had your Meredith hair, and you were wearing like some sort of like sexy Santa outfit. Yes, I was. I mean, I was. I gasped. You took my breath away. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I wore a rock and roll jacket on top of that, mm. so that I was rock and roll. While being Santa, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, sexy Santa, but still rock and roll with an edge. And man, did it it pay off. <laughs> I have a question for you. 
Uh-huh. Is it the 1950s? Why do you keep saying the full phrase rock and roll? Uh-huh. Uh, great question. <laughs> Obviously, I was the coolest person at the rock show uh-huh. because I kept calling it rock and roll. Did you all and- have sunglasses? No. <laughs> No, but I should have because I was too cool for school and I was tired by 9 p.m. at the rock show. (laughs) Hey, let me ask you a question, cool girl. Why are you trash this week? Well, as you know, it's Christmas time. Yes. And so I, uh, I got my boss a nice gift and it took my son, Rusty. Christmas shopping and Uh put up lights on the house and both sets of my in-laws came in town and have just invaded the house, which is nice at the same time, but at the same time, uh, it's a lot, you know, and I got trapped in the attic, Oh, but I watched some old Christmas movies, which was nice. Cousin Eddie came into town uh-huh. and dumped his sewage tank into our uh, like drainage in the street and then sat in front of the whole neighborhood, the shitter's full. <gasps> I kind of sort of accidentally, we all kind of kidnapped my boss oh. because he didn't give us a Christmas bonus. So I couldn't buy the pool that I wanted to buy for my family. Uh-huh. Because I was anticipating it. And uh, it's just been, you know, I mean, Christmas's Aunt Edna came in town. I, the turkey was overcooked. Erica. Yeah? Is this Christmas vacation? Yeah. Yeah, you got me. Uh, you know, you had me all the way up to the fact that, Erica, you don't have an Aunt Edna. Uh-huh. That's true. It's I, true. It totally blew past me that you don't have a son, a house, in-laws, uh, or space to put a pool. But, like, it was Aunt Edna, and I I, I, I caught on. You got me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> Tried to trick me. That's all right. Yeah. But how, how have you been trash? Oh my god. Well, I'll tell you what. It it's Christmas time, right? Mm-hmm. So I've been working. Got to, of course. You know, I got a wife and two kids at home. And uh and they got the school play coming up. So I've got this secretary, spicy little minx, this secretary. And when I tell you that she's she's hitting on me and she's laying it on thick. I mean, honestly. Thick. She's got a really like tight bob haircut. Just and so she's and oh, and I got these other two employees who like one of them is just madly in love with the other one. She's American, the rest of us are British. But mm-hmm. here's the thing is that this like just she's laying it on so thick, this employee, and she wants me to go get her a Christmas present. And I'm like, <laughs> Well, what do you want? She's telling me she's going to wait under the mistletoe for me, all this stuff. Anyway, so I went. I I did it. I went to the department store with my wife, you know, and like my wife went off to go and buy some other stuff. And I was like, oh, all right, here's my chance. So I went to the jewelry counter 
found this like gold heart necklace and the fucking guy behind the jewelry counter is taking forever. He insists to gift wrap it. And this isn't just an average, like put it in a box. He's pouring flowers into a bag, like, you know, doing a whole thing. And I'm like, hurry up. My wife is in the store. So finally, like my wife shows up and she's like, Oh, at the jewelry counter, are you? And I was like, no, no, no. So anyways, I had to go back for it. And we're, you know, cut to we're we're up the my kids are going to the they're in their play one of them is a lobster like this these christmas plays are getting out of huh cass what's up here's the thing i feel like i know you have one kid i know you don't have two kids (sighs) and now i think about it i don't think you even have one kid is this just the plot of love actually it's yeah it's it's alan rickman's storyline from love actually okay okay uh, you caught I, me. You caught me. I got you, bitch. I got you. <laughs> hey, you know who else got caught? Who? This fucking widow from our first story. Oh, that was mean. I should never call someone a fucking widow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. According to Rolling Stone, widow ordered some fucking widow ordered to pay thousands for attempting to sell husband's Eric Clapton bootleg. If she tries to sell the CD again, she will face a fine of 250,000 crones. Is that crone? Is that euro? Euro, crones, a bunch of money. It ain't dollars. It ain't dollars. Or six months in prison, the judge ruled. Sometimes when I think about these large sums of money, I think maybe six months in prison is the way to go. <laughs> Get uh, Do some yoga. Get all svelte and lean. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe get stabbed. Not if you join the right prison gang. That's true. So a German woman has been ordered to pay nearly 4000 after attempting to sell an unauthorized Eric Clapton bootleg on eBay, resulting in legal action from the guitarist. You don't fuck with Eric Clapton. Here's the thing. You truly don't. Gabrielle P. inherited the bootleg Eric Clapton Live USA from her late husband's estate. He had purchased the CD decades earlier, around 1987. A day after Gabrielle P. listed an item on eBay for $11 US, she received a takedown notice from the auction site and then an affidavit from the Clapton camp claiming the recording was illegal and made without his consent. So Eric Clapton is like... This fake-ass CD with music that you can find on Spotify is on eBay for $11? Not to me, bitch. Not to me, you fucking widow. Not, like, I get you're still grieving. And And you you suffered a loss. Yeah. And you might need $11 US, but damn it, that's my property. (laughs) I feel horrified. That I've said fucking widow three times. I have to put this out there. <laughs> My father died at a young age. And so I am broken inside. Mm-hmm. And that's why I uh, will not say it anymore. But why I felt compelled to say it going forward. Mm-hmm. And that is that. Yeah. All right. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I just felt like I needed to say something. Yeah. I it feel was you. too far, even for me. Yeah. Gabrielle, her lawyer, Claus Gunther, 
told Build, uh, which is a newspaper uh, and magazine, that the court's decision that they will appeal again and they will take the case to the European Court of Justice, which I did not know existed, that you could appeal to just Europe. Like, like I didn't know you could just go above Germany's head and just be like, dear Europe, (laughs) I would like... Um, again, we're not solicitors or lawyers, Mm-mm. which has been evidently clear mm-hmm. throughout this podcast. Mm-hmm. But I did not know there was a European Court of Justice, which is makes like sense though the Supreme Court essentially. But they have the EU. I guess they have the EU. Yeah, you're right. So Rolling Stone goes on to just point out to us all of the other ways that uh, Eric Clapton has been a total trash dirtbag he's an anti-vaxxer mm-hmm. and i guess is like kind of a racist yeah he went on a really racist rant at a 1976 birmingham concert yeah so he's not letting this woman sell an 11 dollars bootleg and uh is not doing too well so i don't know do we uh, do we boycott Eric Clapton? I mean, I feel like it, accidentally I already have been just by not listening to him. <laughs> in general, like, like I've been accidentally boycotting Eric Clapton, except for Layla. Yeah, I think I'm going to take cocaine off of all my playlists. Hey, that was written by J.J. Kale, an Oklahoman and relative of the boy that I tried to be all smooth and big dick daddy for oh yeah with your college card (laughs) yeah pay pay for on my meal plan for Mm -hmm. so you know maybe we still listen to cocaine all right yeah all right hey when you when i die Mm -hmm. will you write me a cool obituary i i promise if if i get in the room if if i'm allowed to touch your estate in any way that I will write a rockin' obituary. I'll put it, I'm putting it out there now, but I'll legally put it in my will that you are in charge of the obituary. Okay. Thank you. Thank Um, you. So we have an obituary that we're going to read, which I don't know if we've ever done this before, but this obituary is insane. It's, it's truly the life that I hope I live. And it, it it comes to us from Texas, of all places. So what do you think? Should we just read it? I, I think we just, I say we just read it and, we'll and go, yeah. learn about the life that was. We'll go classroom style and, you know, like kind of paragraph by paragraph. All right, let's do it. You want to start, Erica? Yep. A plus-size Jewish lady, redneck, died in El Paso on Saturday. Of itself, hardly news or good news if you're the type that subscribes to the notion that anybody... Not named you dying in El Paso, Texas is good news. In which case, I have good news for you. The body, fertile, red-headed matriarch of a sprawling Jewish-Mexican redneck American family has kicked it. This was not good news to Renee Mandel Corrin's many surviving children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, many of, sh- many of whom she even knew and in her own way loved. There will be much mourning in the many glamorous locales she went bankrupt in. McKeesport, Pennsylvania, Renee's birthplace, and where she first fell in love with ham, atheism, 
or an atheism. Fayetteville and Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina, where Renee's dreams, credit rating, and marriage are all buried. <laughs> and of course, Miami, Florida, where Renee's parents, uncles, aunts, and eternal hopes of all Miami Dolphin fans everywhere are all buried pretty deep. Renee was preceded in death by Don Shula. Because she was my mother, the death of a zaftig good-time gal, Renee Corin, at the impossible old age of 84 is newsworthy to me, and I treat it with the same respect and reverence she had for, well, nothing. A more respectful trash-reading, talking, and, ma- and watching woman in North Carolina, Florida, or Texas was not to be found. Hers was an ignorant, much-loved much lived life, a Yankee, Florida, liberal, Jewish, tough gal who bowed them in Japan, rolled them in North Carolina, and was singularly unique parent. Often frustrated by the stifling conservative culture of the South, Renee turned her voracious mind to the home front, becoming a model stay-at-home parent, a super mom, really, just the perfect PTA lady, volunteer, and amateur baker. And ha 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 ha! Just kidding, y'all. <laughs> Renee Rosie to her friends and this broad who never met a stranger worked double shifts with Doreen, ate a ton of carbs with Bernie, and would occasionally be stirred to stew some stuffed cabbage for the kids. She played cards like a shark, bowled and played cribbage like a pro, and laughed with the boys until the wee hours long after the last pin dropped. At one point in the 1980s, Renee was the 11th or 12th ranked woman in cribbage in america and while that could be a lie it sounds great in print she also told us she came up with the name for sun sunoko and i choose to believe this too yes renee lied a lot but on the plus side renee didn't cook she didn't clean and she was lousy with money too here's what renee was great at dyeing her red roots weekly manicures dirty jokes pure fishing rolling joints, and buying dirty magazines. She said she read them for the articles, but filthy free speech was really Renee's thing. Hers was a body rowdy life, live large, broke, and loud. We thought Renee could not be killed. God knows people tried. A lot. Renee has been toying with death for decades, but always beating it and running off in her silver Chevy Nova. COVID couldn't kill Renee. Neither could pneumonia twice, infections, blood clots, bad feet, and breast cancer twice, two mastectomies, two recessions, multiple bankruptcies, marriage to a philandering sergeant major, divorce in the 60s, or, sorry, divorce in the 70s, six kids, one cesarean, a few abortions from the quietly famous abortionist of Spring Lake, North Carolina, or an affair with Larry King in the 60s. Renee was preceded in death by her ex-boyfriend, Larry King. <laughs> <laughs> Renee was sadly preceded in death by her love, her beloved daughter, Carrie Sue Cornell Lester Trammell Webster of King Devil's Hills, North Carolina, who herself was preceded in death by two marriages, a fud shop and one eyeball lost in a near fatal Pepsi bottle incident that will absolutely be explored in future, ob- future obituaries. <laughs> Losing her one eyed badass bitch of a daughter in 2007 devastated Renee, but it also made her quite homeless since Kathy pretty much picked up the tab. The talented and gregarious grifter Renee M. Corrine eked out her final years in luxury. She literally retired at 62 under the care, compassion, and checking accounts and evidently unlimited patience of her favorite son and daughter-in-law, Michael and Lourdes Corrin of the world-famous Cow Sanctuary in El Paso, Texas. 
Renee is also survived by her son, Jeffrey Korn, and his endlessly tolerant wife, Shirley of Powell's Point, North Carolina, Scott Korn, and what's left of his colon of Hampton, Virginia, Mark and Laura Korn, the loveliest dirt farmers of Vernon, Texas, seriously, where is that? And her favorite son, the gay one who writes catty obituaries in his spare time, Andy Korn of obviously New York City. Plus, two beloved grand dogs, Mia and Hudson. Renee was particularly close and grateful for the lavish attentions of her granddaughter, Perla, and her great-grandchildren, Elijah and Leroy, as well as her constant cruise companions, Sam Trammell of Greenwell, North Carolina, and Adam Coram of El Paso, Texas. Renee took tremendous pride in making one gay son and two gay grandchildren. There will be there will be a very disrespectful and totally non-denominational memorial on May 10th, 2022, most likely at a bowling alley in Fayetteville, North Carolina. The family requests absolutely zero privacy or propriety, none whatsoever, and in fact encourages you to spend some government money today on a one-armed bandit at the blackjack table or on a cheap cruise to find our inheritance. She spent it all, folks. She left me nothing but these lousy memories, which I and my family of five brothers and sisters-in-laws, nephews, friends, nieces, neighbors, ex-boyfriends, Larry King's children, who I guess I might be one of, the total strangers who the person... oh. The total strangers who all to a person loved and will cherish her forever. Please think of the sprightly, frocked, frivolous, funny, and smart Jewish redhead who is about to grift you all, tell you a filthy joke, and for Larry King's sake, laugh. Bye, mommy. We loved you to bits. Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. I like it. I have the chills. I, I literally have the chills. Like We normally don't discuss passing on this podcast, but... That is an obituary worth reading. It's very, very sweet. Yeah. That is written in love. All right. Let's get back to real fucking trash. All right. Hey, Cass. What's up? Do you ever, have you ever robbed a bank? Been a while. Oh, okay. I I was just genuinely curious. (laughs) Yeah. One time I got like an extra $10 bill and I was like, oh, I'm going to put bank robber in my obituary. Smart. Um, Yeah, but our next story is about a bank robber. Okay, so according to WFLA, ooh, I think we might be in Florida. Oh, no, we're in Delaware. Damn it! Uh, Man robbed bank and deposited money in ATM outside. Amanda's behind bars after robbing a bank and then attempting to deposit the money in his bank account at the same bank moments after the robbery. Delaware State Police say 44-year-old McRoberts Williams... (laughs) His name is backwards. Shouldn't it be William Big Roberts? Yes. No, no wonder. They didn't have a chance. He never um, stood a chance, dude. So he robbed a Wells Fargo bank and uh, by passing a note to the teller. And then he received an undisclosed amount of money, left the bank, and went directly to the ATM on the outside of the building where he deposited the money he'd just taken from the bank. Well, where else are you supposed to put it? <laughs> You live a life of cash luxury at that point. <laughs> Doy. But like, you know, McRoberts Williams. Mc- <laughs> no one taught him that. Jesus. I like Wells Fargo Bank because their logo is like the old timey carriage still. <laughs> yeah. Which to me is like, hey, we got robbed a lot by old timey carriages. <laughs> right. Yeah. Y- you know, it's like. Hey, just so y'all know, I think it's supposed to give the the symbolism of uh, your money was safe and it was deposited and, you know, transported by by safety. But it, it just looks like y'all got robbed a lot. Yeah. 
I don't know. I just know that like someone who has a name as plural as McRoberts Williams, like we can't, <laughs> we can't expect this person to be able to rob a bank, right? No. So. No. I bet he didn't learn to tie his shoes till he was in the fourth grade. McRoberts Williams. What? <laughs> uh, sorry, so stupid. Uh, <laughs> he, it, he was a twin that swallowed his, his other twin in the womb, and so his parents gave him a plural name. <laughs> well, the one was going to be named Mickey, and the other one was going to be named Robert, so now it's McRoberts Williams. <laughs> there it is. It's too bad, because if he had a twin, he could have used the carpool lane. That's true. Our next story comes to us from the NewYorkPost.com. MTA manager caught using blow-up doll in apparent attempt to skirt HOV laws. You guys, how many times have we had to fucking do stories about this before you learn to stop? And get smart about it. Put a baby doll in the back seat. Mm-hmm. In, a car, in seat. a car seat. Yeah. Much yeah. harder to detect. Or, you know. Or don't. Just- Use the HOV laws. Yeah. Don't abuse HOV laws. Find a friend. A slug is what uh, Mama Trashcan calls it. You know, I I need you to wake up early and slug with me to the airport so that I can use the carpool lane. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) (laughs) An MTA manager claims an inflatable doll that's been riding shotgun in his Kia Telluride is there for company, not to skirt HOV restrictions as his coworker suspects. Kia Telluride, the only Kia's- car to commit HOV fraud. <laughs> that we should write copy for car companies. I think we should. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have an example, but <laughs> uh, that was one. That was pretty good. Julio Diver. Wow, this guy's got a a lot of G's and L's. He's a very Italian name that I don't want to pronounce wrong. So we're going to. Gio Leo. Div or Giglio. Divigilio. Divigilio. Our suspect, uh. the general superintendent at MTA Buses Department, pulled into his Brooklyn office building early Wednesday morning with a blown-up dummy plopped in the front seat like autopilot in the 1980 comedy Airplane. Confronted by the post outside the East New York building, the suspect <laughs> denied he had the inflatable suit sporting businessmen to, in tow to illegally cruise in lanes reserved for high occupancy vehicles. I don't use it for the HOV. I use it for the company. I like that they put his salary in here. They said the 122000 per year government official insisted. I fucking love that. It's so spicy. <laughs> like the New York Post basically just being like, the guy who makes six figures and who's cheating out the law. Yeah. Yeah. That's the post for you, man. They'll they'll get to the nitty gritty for you. I mean, considering the shitty things they do, though, it's kind of like the perfect bully. Mm-hmm. We so, don't endorse the post, no. but, but we're grateful for their stories. <laughs> There's a... A doll available online called Carpool Kenny for $15.79 that people can buy specifically for this. But, you know, if you're going to do it, like, why not just lean in and get the real sex doll? Because those look pretty realistic. I mean, again, I'm going to say put a baby, get a car seat, wrap a, a doll in a blanket. And then if the cops pull you over, be like, shh, she's sleeping. All right. I got to ask you something real. Yeah. Okay. 
It's going to put every, it's going to put your liberalness to the test in a way because oh, no. it's putting okay. mine to the test. Okay. You know, our, our, one of our favorite guys who that like boxer, MMA fighter who married a sex doll, his wife. Right. Does he get to use the carpool lane? Cause that's his wife. Even though it is an inanimate object. Do, if, no, no, because he does not get a tax incentive. Like you can have a spiritual wife, but if you don't get, if the government doesn't recognize you as giving you a tax break, I say no. It's just all about taxes for you, huh? Just ones and zeros. It's it, like not about love. It, it to me, like, yet, like, there's like two halves of me. There's the government side of what a marriage is, and then there's, like, the emotional side of it. Uh-huh. And, like, you can get up and declare that. But to get incentives on the HOV lane or to, <laughs> or to, to be married in the eyes of the law, it's different. Wow. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I hate to take a red line on this one, but... You heard it here. She doesn't think that his <laughs> wife is oh, enough no. of a tax break. For him to be able to deserve the carpool lane. Oh, boy. There you go. <laughs> uh, yep. There it is. <laughs> oh, man. You know what else I don't know if I believe in? What? Emotional support pigs. Yeah. So, Kanajuari, which is in Montgomery County, I don't know. This headline feels like it needs to tell us how to pronounce this, which is actually very helpful for us. But Kanajuari pursues criminal civil charges over man's emotional support pig. This comes to us from WNYT.com. This man won't give up his pet pig and now faces a jury trial and up to six months in jail if he's convicted. I haven't committed any crime. I don't even know why I'm here. Why, why Vern Flat? claims uh in the court outside or outside the court on tuesday flanked by a dozen supporters with signs i want a pig really bad Mm -hmm. Uh, like i personally want like a tiny pig and winston won't let me have one he thinks the cats will eat it or that it'll grow to be 400 pounds it feels like the latter is more likely not if you get a tiny pig well, so then, like, I don't understand necessarily why he's being criminalized for this. So, basically, there's a code enforcer, a mm-hmm. snitch, mm. who's saying you can't have livestock at your home. And he's saying it's not livestock. I'm not here to eat the pig. The pig is for companionship only he's explained so weird like what do you care guy like what does it matter it's not like he's got like a you know like an animal that's like potentially more dangerous or something like people have pet pigs all the time uh i have a photo with uh petunia the pet the pig that's a model for chanel in la i met them on melrose and took a bunch of selfies with them and that was like one of the best days of my life i love seeing a pig walk down the street like a dog i really do it's it's exciting yeah these people need to like leave them alone you know and he even said similar in a similar vein to erica he said 
we don't need liars in government. We don't need people who are going to do this kinds of thing to people and carelessly spend taxpayer money over something so frivolous. You like that? Because I know how much you like taxes. I don't love taxes. I just, you know. <gasps> you just think that this guy's wife is... <laughs> Oh boy. All right. So here's the thing. You know, we played it. We did a stupid thing earlier when we were talking about why we were trash and stuff. And we both tried to trick each other with movies. But you think we should like really tell the people why we're trash? Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. So here's why I'm trash this week. So it's a little bit of historical trash, but it gets into like, you know, like the modern day. Basically, when I was a like a kid, like a baby toddler or whatever, I accidentally got transported to the North Pole. And so I was raised by Santa and his elves, which is, you know, I mean, I guess cause for comedy because I ended up growing much taller than the elves. But anyways, so when I became an adult, I was like, I really want to know who my real dad is. So I found out that my dad lived in New York and was a cynical businessman of all things, of course, New York. And I went down and I went to go like hang out with him and his family. And ultimately, because of that, like, first of all, I started dating a girl who worked at a Christmas shop who was a very nice singer. And like, we ended up saving Christmas that year. Cass, what's up? Listen, I don't like calling anybody on their bullshit. But I think you're describing the plot of the movie Elf. Oh, fuck. You caught me, Erica. Yeah. Yeah. You're describing the plot of the movie Elf. Damn it. Whatever. Why are you trash? For All real. Right. For real. All right. For real. So I flew into New York or flew in from New York mm-hmm. to visit my kid and my ex, my my estranged wife, my, my full ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And I was going to stay in Pomona. And uh, I went to visit her on her holiday, her Christmas holiday party. And somebody taught me the trick to take off my shoes and rub it against the carpet. And I would feel like a new person after the long flight, right? And so I I get barefoot and then, damned if I don't, Hans Gruber and some terrorists take over the building at Nakatomi Tower. And so I'm fucking barefoot and I've taken off my shirt and I'm trying to, like, fix it because I'm a New York City cop. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to, like, save everybody that's been held hostage and get out of there alive and trying to figure out what's going on with this uh, Hans Gruber character. And uh, nobody on the ground believes us that that what's going on. And so I've got one guy one cop that believes me but nobody above him believes him and it it's crazy erica ellis doing coke yeah this all really checked out for Mm. a while but then you referred to hans gruber as a character and i began Uh. to find myself suspicious is this just die hard yeah, that's a plot to the movie Die Hard, oh one of my favorite god. Christmas movies. Oh my god. 
I guess uh, we're just going to have to skip why we're trash this week because you and I just can't stop lying to each other. We just, I'm sorry. Uh, the dishonesty is running am- amok. And this is how we're ending 2021. This is disgusting. Really disgusting. You know what's not disgusting? You know what? I might be on your side on this one. What's yeah. not disgusting? According to the New York Post.com, twerking bride in thong gives groom a lap dance at wedding. Twitter explodes. While most brides throw a bouquet on their wedding, this bride was ready to throw her bootay. Wow. Look at that. That's great journalism right there. <laughs> by the New York Post, not by me. I didn't come up with that killer joke. <laughs> <laughs> twerking the night away in celebration of her nuptials a florida bride is going viral for wearing a completely backless dress apron style with only a matching shimmery thong covering her and gifting her groom with a sexy lap dance in front of guests at their wedding reception is that the bride tweeted a stunned online onlooker who reposted the not safe for work clip of the newlywed known digitally as rochelle shaking her rump in a choreographed burlesque along with her bridesmaids okay here's the thing like you got your bridesmaids on board there's nothing people have their own stuff and so clearly this must not have been that weird to these people. I Here's the thing. I think people are also generally polite. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to say anything at your wedding. If I did this at my wedding, you wouldn't say a thing? I feel like you'd, you know, like <laughs> dance mom it and be really proud of me. I'd film it. <laughs> Damn right, I'd film it. <laughs> I would be... I would be like Amy Poehler and Mean Girls with the video <laughs> camera, like doing the choreography on the side. <laughs> no, we're doing phones and bags uh, at my wedding. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to release my material too early. So it transitions from Rochelle and her bridesmaids gyrating, and it like ends in a ground quaking buttocks bounce is uh, how this has been described. I mean, I don't like what some of the commentary from Twitter is. I don't either. Because, like, again, you don't know these fucking people. This might not be weird for them. Right. Right. Like, one commentator called it, uh, quote, beyond ghetto, which I'm like, A, it's 2021, almost 2022. We don't fucking call people ghetto. And you don't know these people. Yeah, so there's other people on Twitter who take our stance of saying, like, if, if you want to twerk at your wedding, you can do that. If you don't want to twerk at your wedding, then don't. I honestly am like, I find this less tacky or, like, disgusting than the garter belt ceremony. Oh, I the- think it's gross and weird. But you know what? If I was at a wedding and the couple did it, I wouldn't say a fucking word about it because no. I didn't pay for that wedding. It's not my wedding. Yep. Like, it is what it is. Like, weddings are fucking expensive and they're important to people. So whatever they want to do with it, let them do it. And you eat your fucking meal that is costing them $100 per head to to feed you. And whatever. Go drink at the open bar and relax. Yeah. Chicken or steak and you chose steak? You don't say a goddamn word about the twerking. Uh, It sounds like Twitter was the one that was a little bit more vocal. I guess we should, you know, not loop in all these wedding guests. I just, I feel defensive over this bride and I'm glad that she 
did, you know, her weird thong sex dance for her husband. I bet he loved it. I, I bet they, you know, most people I feel like don't consummate the marriage on their wedding night because they're so tired. Yeah. But something tells me this couple went ahead and consummated that marriage. Wow. That's that's really beautiful. Yeah. But this next guy, I don't know if he would he would get it done. That's for sure. Pantsless, urine-soaked fire captain cruises through drive through line from the takeout.com. So this guy, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get through all the editorializing that the writer right. did, but he basically pissed on himself. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, well, here's what happened. He peed in a plastic bottle, spilled on himself, oops, and then removed his pants and underwear and then went through a drive through line nude from the waist down. And he also had his penis pierced, which is this, important to the story, I think. It, it, it's a crucial detail. We would be bad journalists if we left that out. And this happened in Plano, Texas. On June 8th, 2021, I decided to go to the grocery store to get groceries. And after getting my groceries to pick up, I realized I needed to urinate. So instead of going back into the store, I unwisely decided to pee in an empty water bottle. I ended up spilling the water bottle full of pee all over my shorts and seats. So I took off my shorts and underwear because they were soaked. Like, okay, fine. (laughs) Right, but it's like, okay, you spilled pee on yourself. Going through the Chicken Express drive-thru, that's your mistake. Like, go home first, right? Right. This guy's like, what am I supposed to do, not eat because of my mistake? No, I have (laughs) I need, I need to go. I still need to eat. I still have errands to run. My life is not to stop just because I spilled pee all over myself. I'm going to say it. I think that this guy is lying. <laughs> he just he just wanted to put on a show. Yeah, I think he just wanted to come up with a reason to show off his gold penis ring. I mean, who wouldn't? If it's gold, you spent money on it. There has to be outlets where you can show that off legally, though, without, like, you know, putting someone who works at Chicken Express through that. He's allowed to return to work after 90 days of unpaid leave, but he received a demotion of two ranks. Wow. It's like the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Um, I, I have a story that I need to tell. Well, I don't need to. I think that's true of uh, any story that we do on this. We don't need to tell people why we are this way, but I'm going to tell it. So I'm aware that men pee in bottles all the time. It, Frankly, I think it's fucking disgusting, especially when they don't throw them out and like forget. And then there's just piss bottles rolling over your backseat. Like, I don't care if the top is closed. It's fucking disgusting, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. So I found myself in a position where I really needed to pee and I lived on the third floor of a building and I did not have an elevator and I was like, I really needed to go. So I was like, what do I do? I'm so fucked. And so I happened to have a like paper cup from like a fast food restaurant. And I was like, well, this has a wide enough mouth that I bet that I could pee in this and that will be okay in my car. So just, I guess, skipping to the end of the story, it was not a wide enough mouth. I pissed all over my car. 
<laughs> like the front seat. Like I just like I did not fucking nail this. Yeah. And I, I did it while staring at my apartment. Like knowing oh my. I I would have been better to just fucking pee my pants than what right. I did. I could have right. or or I could have just thrown the door open and just peed out of the side of the car and hope no one saw me. Like, which is not, I don't think people should do either because people might see you, but like my decision-making in that moment was so bad. Like I had to go get my car washed and like detailed because (laughs) it was, it smelled like pee pee. Yeah. (laughs) And I, and I sat there with like my pee covered hand and like this fucking cup and I was like, further and further, I'd fall, I'd walk away from the Lord. And <laughs> what the hell am I doing? So so three people live in my apartment, but we only have two bathrooms. Mm-hmm. And the other day, <laughs> I almost pooped myself inside of my apartment. Like, it, you know how... You you have to poop when you're like, oh man, it's time. And mm-hmm. then the closer you are to the bathroom, your no. body like understands somehow <laughs> and is like, it's time to go. It's time to go. And it like the proximity of it makes the urgency happen within your body. Uh-huh. When I tell you I had but a second to spare, <laughs> I, I like banged on the door i was like don't wash your hands is what i yelled to winston (laughs) like you can wash them in the sink in the kitchen (laughs) it was horrifying i i I made it but it was the scariest moment i've had in a very long time oh man speaking of a scary moment uh (laughs) let's get into our next story from clickorlando.com Florida man. Did you go away? No, I just said Florida oh. man. Oh. I realized after that I was like, that was weird. Okay. <laughs> Florida man used flame flower to settle parking dispute, police say. Uh, Andre Adams of 57 of Gainesville, Florida, faces three counts of felony aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Can I just say something really fast? Yeah. Sometimes I think like, hey, we should probably stop reading the names of people like when we're doing these articles. Uh But sometimes the most interesting part about it, because when you get the name, you also almost always get the age. And that's what I think is the most interesting part is not the, you know, whatever. We're not going to remember this name, but like just, I think it adds a lot of context to the story that it was a 57-year-old using a flamethrower in a parking lot. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Also, he was using his flamethrower toward a car with three teenagers inside. Jesus. Like, oh my God. The mother of one of the teens, Ashley Gainey, said Abrams frequently sprayed the flamethrower to scare off guests at her home. Gainey's daughter... Natalia Baker, 16, fled the car with her friends as Abrams continued to spray the flames towards them. So this guy has been haunting these people with a flamethrower for a while. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. And and guess what? If you want to own a flamethrower, 
you can do it. No permits or license are needed, according to a promotional video from the company. Except in Maryland and California. Thank God for California. That company also sells t-shirts identifying the person wearing them as Little Terrorist. Okay. Not the brand you want. Like, imagine... Imagine walking through Costco and just because I feel like in Costco is where I see like the most crazy, like insane uh, shirts, like the kind of like American flag made out of AK-47 type shirts at uh-huh. Costco. But you see someone at Costco with like a shirt on that says Lil, Lil Terrorist. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, a fire a flamethrowers not considered firearms, but a congressman in New York introduced a restrictive bill he called flamethrowers, really? In 2019, but it didn't pass. <laughs> Florida outlaws the manufacture or sale of shotgun shells called dragon's breath that mimic flamethrowers by shooting a flame or fireball. I mean, big flamethrower. Fucking apparently like gnarly lobbyists. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it sounds like I know what I'm getting my parents, like my dad for Christmas now. Like, (laughs) he would love it. (laughs) So the guy defended himself saying, this family, how could I say this, is the worst thing that could ever happen to the neighborhood. They've had other issues with residents and it needs to be brought to light. Yeah, bro, not literally. You don't literally need to light light them on fire. (laughs) Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> oh my god, crazy! And you know, like nobody, we don't need this kind of vigilante justice in no. any capacity. No, no. You know what we do need though some good food. Mmm, mmm. I uh-huh. uh, love a good food. Have you ever eaten at a Michelin star restaurant? No, no. I. Uh, it's one of my goals. Uh, in life. Me too. Me too. There's apparently one in Glendale that's like kind of a hole in the wall sort of place with like Mediterranean type food, but or like Lebanese food or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's like very easy to obtain that. Like it's, it's not like this big fancy meal. It's like this person just makes like this type of food so well that they got a Michelin star. But also that was told to me by someone on the Nooner podcast. I think it was Kruger who said it and he might be lying to me. Right. Right. There's a Michelin star restaurant in Koreatown. That's just in a hole in the wall, like, you know, a stone. throw from my apartment. Why haven't you gone? Because it's very expensive. Uh, right. Okay. Well, yeah. so according to cbc.ca, a writer said it broke something inside me of a bizarre meal at a Michelin star restaurant. When asked for comment, the restaurant sent a three page PDF about the meaning of art complete with horse drawings. I fucking love this shit. (laughs) Chefs are so crazy. Yes, 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 yes. Me too. (laughs) Actually, speaking of that, let me Google something really fast. Vespertine Michelin. Do they have a Michelin star? Oh, I have eaten at a Michelin star restaurant. In the pandemic, I got takeout from Vespertine, which has two Michelin stars. However, he was doing something experimental with Cuban food at the time. I didn't eat like his normal menu. Mm -hmm. It was good. But I'm just saying like, you know, 
whatever. Anyways, the Vespertine people, I thought about it because they also have like a, a weird thing where like, and this might be a lie, but that's why I love the, the, like the tall tales of it all. But if you go to the Vespertine website, it's like black and it shows you like a arts art film. And apparently when you go to Vespertine, when you're riding up the elevator, like people whisper to you like these things that like just the whole idea of like it's an immersive experience we challenge all five senses i love amazing i love it anyway sorry i'm i'm i got on a vespertine rant naturally (laughs) (laughs) geraldine de routier says she's still haunted by her experience at the only michelin starred restaurant in lychee italy the travel writer and her friends recently spent a memorable evening at Bros, a posh, a posh Italian restaurant where they were served a 27-course meal that included rancid cheese, shot glasses of vinegar, droplets infused with meat molecules, and a ooh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and a plaster cast of the chef's mouth dribbling orange foam. I don't know why that grossed me out so much. I think in my head like obviously he just makes plaster casts like fresh but like i was imagining like a used arm cast <laughs> and then it took me to another place that like grossed me out it was such a symphony of bizarreness on so many levels that endured and it just kept going it was the energizer bunny of disaster d routier founder of everything com, told as it happens host carol off i wrote about it And I really thought I had exercised those demons, but no, they continue to haunt me. Wow. So her review, we eat at the worst Michelin star restaurant ever, has gone viral, making headlines around the world, prompting a lengthy response from bros chef Florino Pellegrino, comparing his culinary creations to contemporary art. I'll tell you what, like... I get it, you know, and I and I appreciate it and whatever, but like sometimes I just want to eat too. Yeah, it's, exactly. I don't need a story with every course, especially if it's not even good, you know? Like what mm-hmm. is good about rancid cheese? Yeah. There's aged cheese, but this is rancid. Yeah. And I the don't server get it. said that. The server insisted it was there was uh tiny fried cheese balls, which the server insisted was made from rancid ricotta. They D D Routier suggested perhaps they meant aged or fermented, and she was told, no, rancid. So yeah, the upset most upsetting course was the orange flavored foam served inside the plaster cast of the chef's mouth, a kind of round white plump with frothing lips. They waited for spoons and were horrified to learn that none were coming. You had to slurp it out. At some point, I think I accidentally made eye contact with a friend of mine across the table while I was doing it. (laughs) That brought our friendship to a new level that I wish it had not reached. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. I love it. I love it. Uh, Other courses included a spoonful of crab meat. Another featured slivers of edible paper. Oh, my God. Reconstituted orange slices were served on a plate with an actual orange, which they were told was only for decoration. (laughs) Said, once I step away from the hilarity of it, I do believe that he is making a rather legitimate statement about the nature of art inherently. But But where that takes us to is 
Is food inherently art? And if so, what role does the patron play in that? And can we completely disregard the patron if we are a chef? And can we say what the patron believes is entirely unimportant? I must sound atrocious. I must sound like a monster describing this. I used to be a kind person. I did. I did before I went here. Don't know what happened. It broke something inside me. (laughs) Ah! That's fucking crazy. But also like... Yeah, that would kind of gross me out too. Yeah, I, I'm a a bit of a picky eater. Uh, you know, I have my no this please uh, this on the side if you can. Yeah, uh, I I couldn't I couldn't do it. I couldn't eat this meal. That's just insane. I'm looking yeah. at the pictures of the food now. There's a teaspoon of olive ice cream. <laughs> Just, she took a lot of pictures. Ew, the, oh my God, the plaster cast of the foam mouth is really gross. It's like an orb with lips and the lips are foaming. That's nuts, you guys. You know what else is absolutely nuts? Messing with teachers at all. The fact that we don't pay our teachers. Yeah, for real. According to NPR.org, Teachers in South Dakota scramble to pick up $1 bills in a hockey game sideshow. Teachers grab dollar bills in a dash for cash during intermission at a hockey game. Um, and uh, it's sparked some controversy. As a teacher, I find this humiliating, a commenter wrote after a video of the event was posted to Twitter. Scrambling its others on the ground for a few $1 bills How about honoring teachers with a genuine donation rather than turning us into silly entertainment for fans? The Sioux Falls Stampede hockey team has urged fans not to miss Saturday's contest, which it promoted its inaugural Dash for Cash. With fans cheering them on, 10 teachers from local schools gathered around a large piece of carpet in center ice where $5,000 in $1 bills had just been dumped out. The event highlighted South Dakota's low teacher pay. And they made, they made, or they wore hockey helmets, but they made little contact with each other as they dropped to their knees to scoop up money and stuff it in their shirts and pockets. The video went viral. The hockey team did not immediately respond to requests for comment from NPR. So South Dakota ranks towards the bottom on spending and education, and the average salary for teachers in the state is 48984 which is 50th in the U.S., which includes Washington, D.C., and they spend $10,805 per student, which is 38th in the nation. One critic of the Dash for Cash promotion called it dystopian, noting that while schools and teachers struggled, the U.S. House of Representatives just approved a new U.S. military bill worth $768 billion for defense. Yeah, I don't... I don't have like a nice, funny way to talk about this because this like kind of shit like infuriates me. Yeah. Especially when we're making the comparison to our military budget. We never say, how are we going to fund the military? It's just like, this is the budget for it. It's, uh, It's pretty crazy. We definitely need to pay teachers more and we don't need to... You know, like, fine, put $5,000 on the ground in the middle of a hockey rink and make people, like, try to fight and get as much as they can. Whatever. But, like, don't make the whole draw of it be their teachers. Like, excuse me. You guys should be giving each one of these teachers $5,000 each for even doing this. For yeah, Exactly. But it's not a fucking sideshow about the fact that these teachers need to earn more money and that they're spending their own money to, like – 
buy supplies for their classrooms. Yeah. I mean, my family is in education. My mother, my sister, my grandmother, most of my aunts and uncles in some way are all teachers, professors. What happened to you? Sorry. (laughs) Sore subject for the family. (laughs) Yesterday, I played phone tag with my money man, the guy who I invested my IRA with. Is that an accountant? Like a financial advisor. Does he like being called a money man? I don't know. I've never asked him, but that's just what I like saying because I think it's fun. Okay. And I was like, they don't typically call you to tell you they've run off with your money to the Grand Cayman Islands, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So a voicemail is probably an okay, you know, he, he an okay thing. So we played phone tag and then he just said, you know, hey, you know, the market's been a little crazy after Thanksgiving. Um, what do you want to do? You know, do you want to leave it where it is? Do you want to invest in this? What do you want to avoid any areas? And I told him just outright, I was like, yeah, like defense and guns, like I don't want my money invested in those areas. And he was like, okay, like no problem. We'll, we'll avoid, you know, Raytheon and all, you know, defense manufacturing and stuff like that. And he's an Oklahoma you know, gentlemen. And so probably a little bit more conservative, but I was like, I don't want my money going towards something like this. I think I find that commendable and I don't mean to poo poo you. However, we, we need to stop using banks, man. (laughs) What am I going to do with my retirement? Go into like a credit union, bro. Like, cause if you're using the big banks, like, J.P. Morgan, Chase, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, all that money is just going into like oil and weapons mm-hmm. and bleh. like I say it in that silly voice because I know that that's like so like impossible. It's not impossible, but it just is hard. But it really kind of just points to the bigger problem that it's so impossible for us to like I wish – I, I always like want this of like, if I get a parking ticket, I should get like a drop down menu of where specifically I'd like my $75 that I got for parking on the fucking street because of a street sweeper. I want to be able to choose where it goes. Yeah, 100%. That would be cool if, if my taxes, if there was a 10% of your income taxes, you could allocate where you would like it to go. It's kind of like giving to charity, you know, like you give to the charity that you want to give to, like maybe like, fine, whatever. Can you fucking allocate 90% of my taxes where you want it to go? Like, I'm not saying that everyone should, it would be insane if we could all choose where a hundred percent of our taxes went, but it might be nice to be able to be like, okay, like, you know, this this extra expendable tax that you're not going to just give back to me, I think I would like it to go to education or I think I would like it to go to helping homeless or something like that as opposed to just yeah, giving so much of it to the military or the police force. Well, I'm going to I'm about to outwoke the shit out of you because I believe we say the unhoused now. Oh, shit. I, you know, I started this episode off being a monster and I thought that maybe by now I would have recovered. And then I went and said, help the homeless. Yeah. When I should have said, help the unhoused. Yeah. I'm about to, un- I'm about to outwoke the shit out of you. Let's not remember, like, forget though, that you don't think that this man's wife 
who doesn't pay taxes <laughs> is this isn't good wife. enough for an HOV lane because she happens to be a sex doll. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, who's who's really the most woke here? Who's the most awake? <laughs> hey, Cass, are you ready? I'm ready, girl. It's time for the dumpster fire of the week. Oh, my God. So this comes to us from Slate. Amazon needs to crack down on bait and switch listings. Shady merchants have been gaming the company's review systems for years. This is like a major fear of mine because, you know, I'm not, I'm not better than anyone. I use Amazon a lot and I, I, I know I shouldn't, I know none of us should, but we do. But the least that could we could do is not get duped by fake reviews. You know, for a long time, I was a part of a review system for a company, multiple companies. They did drop shipping and they would they wanted to become the number one lister for whatever item they were selling. So they tried to get a bunch of reviews from different area codes. So they would send me sheets or air fryers or, you know, whatever the thing was, I would write a review, uh, you know, a five-star review, and then they would reimburse me for the cash. But I also got money for referring other people. So I remember, because I did this for sheets, you referred me and it was nice. I got, I got free sheets, but is it a requirement to leave a five-star review? It's not a requirement, but it was like kindly suggested. Okay. I mean, because that's the thing. Is it like, they were nice sheets, so I was happy to do that review, but like. Yeah. And then I got I got caught, like the whole, like the Amazon crackdown on everything and the, my, I can't leave reviews anymore on my Amazon account. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, it's so. This bait and switch thing is essentially like kind of review hacking in the way where you, let's say that you're searching for sheets and you find a pair of sheets that have five or like four and a half stars with like over 6,000 reviews. But if you actually look at the reviews, you see that they're a review for like honey or something. Um, in this particular instance that the writer's talking about, he was looking for a hand-operated can operator or can opener. And the top review was for garlic. Yeah, like the, the reviews were garlic was all rotten and moldy. I threw out more than I used, unfortunately. And Whole Foods is the best value for buying organic garlic. So basically, yeah, like what's happening is they're – they gain control of Amazon pages for highly rated items and then swap out the product descriptions. I've seen this before, like for like, cause I'll go on TikTok late at night and then I'll see people have like cool wigs and I'm like, Oh, a wig would be cool. And like, I've seen a lot with wigs where <laughs> the reviews that people are leaving are like, and then I always kind of give it the benefit of the doubt of like, Oh, maybe it's like, another product that this company makes and all the reviews are getting mashed together for some glitchy reason, but mm -hmm. here it is. It's all on purpose. Oh, it's, it's a, it's a, a flaw in the system. And this isn't the first time that it's been written about. Um, 
an uh, writer for BuzzFeed actually wrote about it three years ago, and Amazon has done almost nothing and doesn't seem to be taking the story seriously, and they didn't respond to the email seeking a comment for this story. It's kind of weird because it's like, why wouldn't they want to fix this? It doesn't make one difference because I, I guarantee that for their products, their Amazon basics, whatever products that they create, that all of those reviews are legitimate because they're monitoring it. So if anything, they would want to make sure that every review for other products were organic so that it didn't surpass the Amazon basics option. But Amazon basics, what what Amazon does is they find like what item organically rises in the search ranks and then they make an Amazon Basics almost identical to it. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's like a bigger problem with Amazon. If you're a yeah. small business owner or something like that, you have no choice but to sell on Amazon. But if you get too successful on Amazon, they're going to steal your shit. They're going to steal your shit, hon. It's pretty crazy. I mean, and what's fucked up too is that like I more often than not will buy the Amazon Basics version of something unless I need something very specific just because of the fact that these kinds of fake reviews and things happen. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm less likely to get something completely broken and insane if I just get the Amazon basics version. Like I, it's almost like, it's like going to target. Like you just like, okay, well this has to work. Right. It's the company's kind of like they made it themselves. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Yeah. Amazon bad. Amazon, Amazon bad. Uh, to sum up this story, Amazon bad, small business good. And read reviews. Really read reviews. Yeah. Multiple reviews. Read the three stars. You know, uh, I, I always say don't read the five and the ones, but read like the two and the fours. Huh. Because, like, those are the extremes. Kind of throw those out. Read the two and the fours. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's something. <laughs> are you hoarding anything? I'm hoarding. I don't know if I've already done this before, but I'm going to do it again if I have. I'm hoarding Christmas boxes. Ooh. It's a little late now. I mean, they're still there for sure, but, like, it's going to be a madhouse. But I went to Home Goods right around Thanksgiving. And... Naturally, it's Thanksgiving, so everything is Christmas. And I bought like nice gift boxes. I mean, these boxes are like anywhere from three to ten dollars a piece, depending on how big they are and how intricate they are. And I gave them like I gave a gift in a couple gifts last year in these types of boxes, and everyone was like thrilled because it's nice. And so mm -hmm. this year I and like that last year, I was like, I was fist fighting people for good boxes because I was too close to Christmas. I went early this year. I bought a lot of nice boxes. Is this a more expensive way to wrap gifts? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't need to do this, but I fucking did it. So now this year, like my mom's got a box. My brother has a box. Shit. My partner's mom, she's getting a gift in a fucking like tiny Christmas trunk. Like a little open, like open the little chest in there's your gifts. Like, I just, I love it so much. It makes you look so classy, in my opinion. Or either that or like, this is like the cringiest thing I've ever said. But like, I just love it so much. 
<laughs> it's a Christmas box. It's nice. And then they can keep it and then they can use it to give it like they can re-gift it. Or they can throw it the fuck away and then there goes, you know, a seven dollar cardboard box that I didn't <laughs> I didn't have to spend that much money on, but I did. I love it. What are you hoarding? I, I'm hoarding two Christmas movies. They're on Netflix. Get cheesy with it. It's the time of the year. It's sure. fun. Watch Love Hard. Mm-hmm. I genuinely had a good time watching it. And a castle for Christmas. Is it Castle is it Castle for Christmas? A like sequel from The Christmas Princess or The Christmas Prince? No, it's Brooke Shields, who is gorgeous at any age. Uh-huh. Carrie Ooze from The Princess Bride doing uh-huh. a Scottish accent. Okay. <laughs> so she's a an author and like a well-known, you know, serial author and she <laughs> writes, she kills off one of her characters and everyone hates that. And she mm-hmm. has like a public meltdown on the Drew Barrymore show. Oh, wow. And so she goes to Scotland where her dad was like a groundskeeper for this castle and she tries to buy it. And Carrie is the duke that owns the the castle. And I bet they're going to fall in love. Okay. Oh, well, I love these kind of movies. So that they go in love, even though they don't like each other at first. (laughs) They never do. They never do. Thus is real life. Just kidding. No, the fuck it's not. You should like someone. (laughs) It's real cute. Wonderful. And uh, the Scottish accents, like they have real Scottish actors and then they have Carrie doing a Scottish (laughs) accent. (laughs) It's not bad. Top of the morning to you, Brooke Shields. Oh, it's oh, I'm not even going to do Scottish. Uh, <laughs> it's it's rough, but rough. It's, I, it's rough. And then Love Hard, a blogger who goes on bad dates, mm-hmm. gets catfished, and I then I've promoted this one before. Have I? It's yeah. cute. Watch it. It's real fun. Just get into some cheesy Christmas movies and and find some new ones. You know, don't just watch the old. You know, Die Hard, Love Actually, Elf, Home Alone, <laughs> Christmas Vacation. <laughs> we are, I mean, you watched them by listening. You watched them by listening. <laughs> <laughs> what are you throwing away? I'm just throwing away the overall feeling of being obligated to do things that you don't want to do over the holidays. Might I suggest that you take the holidays in your own hands and, you know, you just, you do things the way you want to do them and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. If you needed a sign to not go to Christmas Eve that makes you miserable every year, this is your sign. COVID is still here. You can still use that excuse. Like if it makes you sad or upset or stressed out, don't go Mm -hmm. or like reschedule. I mean, I, my partner and I are spending Christmas Eve or sorry, Christmas Day, just the two of us. And I can't, it's going to be really nice. Like we're doing all the family stuff and whatever, whatever. But like, this is the first year where I'm going into Christmas being like, oh, wow, like I really parceled this out nicely rather than having like this two day sprint of Christmas chaos, like that makes me dread 
this time of year sometimes, yep. you know? Yeah. Like it's really like, a, okay, like we're doing this this day, which will be a fun, nice thing to do. And we're doing this this day, which will be a fun, nice thing to do. And then on full ass Christmas day, when everything in the country is closed, I'm just going to be with my partner and it's going to be quiet and all of that holiday stuff will be over. And it's, I just can't wait. So I'm, I'm throwing out any, any sort of obligation or something that causes you stress around this time of year. The holidays, I believe, are supposed to be fun, not shitty and stressful. And I'm sorry if they are. And I'm sending love to you. Oh, What so are you throwing sweet. out? I'm throwing out something hyper-specific. Okay. But I think it's, you know, relevant to, to everyone. Check your floors. If you've got ornaments. Mm-hmm. And don't step on a tack. Ow. Last night, I stepped on a tack from an ornament that had fallen. And it caused me great pain. <laughs> and we have... Oh, shit, sorry. I dropped something. It almost sounded like the beginning of a Christmas bell. Um, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I stepped on a tack and it, it hurt. And that's because I have like two ornaments and they're hanging on lamps because we don't even have we have like mini christmas trees that are like the size of your hand strung up about the house but we don't have like a real tree yeah, i was and, gonna ask i'm like why like of course yeah. don't step on a tack but i'm like what do tacks have to do with ornaments friend of the pod colin made a an ornament out of all tacks and it's beautiful oh wow but one of them fell off and i stepped on it in my bare fucking feet and I might have to get a tetanus shot today. It's, te- oh you know, God. scary, scary stuff. But <laughs> don't step on a tack. Yeah. Check your floors during the Christmas time for ornaments, pieces that have fallen off. You know, pets, children, they ruffle the, the trees. <laughs> you know, you should see my hand. It's animated. But... <laughs> Don't Ouch. step on a tack. It hurts like hell. Uh, I concur. Yeah. And where can the people find you? At Cass Cardenas on Instagram and Twitter and on the Nooner Podcast on the Smodcast Network. Where do they find you? At Gilly Gal on Twitter and at Iconic Erica Curry on Instagram. Listen, this is the last uh, Trashy Trashy of 2021. So thank you so much for your support this year. And... It, did we we started this this year? No, we started in 2020. Really? Yep. I definitely have hoarded Christmas boxes. Then, um, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> Thank you. This was a great year. Uh, a lot of trashy stuff happened, and uh, I think we've grown in a wonderful way. And so we appreciate everyone's support. The reviews, the comments, sending in stories uh, through the website, through, you know, Instagram, Twitter, it all means so much. That's the reason why we do the show. We're so, so grateful and we appreciate you all so much. You are so right that we started this in 2020 because like this like podcast started like a little bit before I started dating my partner. So Whenever we decide to like, you know, like make moves and get married, it's almost like I'm marrying you. <gasps> oh. 
<laughs> I want a ring as well. I'll get you one. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Oh my God, I got you one for Christmas last year. We've you did it. this for a year. Yeah, we've been doing it. Fuck, time is crazy. On to 2022. Like, I hope that shit gets a little bit more normal. It's uh, hopefully it, it peters down. But yeah. Uh, we love you. Happy holidays. Find the podcast at Trashy Trashy Pod on Instagram and Twitter or at our website, trashytrashypodcast.com. And hey, Cass. What's going on, girl? Stay garbage. You stay garbage. I will. Four Bye-bye. more years. Four, Four more, more years. years. Four- <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.